Welcome to the Simple Gospel Church Podcast. Raising a generation that will stand for Christ. Welcome to another Understanding Scripture. Good evening, everyone. Before we begin, I want us to just bow our heads and lift up our voice unto the Lord. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for gathering us here. Because your word says, where two or three are gathered, you are there in the midst. Thank you, Lord, for opening the eyes of our understanding, O oh Lord, even as we go into your word today. O oh Lord, you shall speak to us, O oh Lord, you shall minister to us in the mighty name of Jesus. Every single thing that we hear, O oh Lord, we shall not just be hearers of your word, but we shall be doers of your word in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, because you know that every single time you gather here, Lord, you speak to us in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, because we are here for a reason and we are here for a purpose in the mighty name of Jesus. And that purpose will be fulfilled in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. So today we're going to be looking at Philemon. Philemon, Philemon. And Paul at this time, was still in prison. And he wrote this letter to Philemon, who was one of his converts. Many people wonder why this particular um, passage in the Bible is even in the Bible, because it's very short, and the way it's been written you know, talks about slavery, and we'll go into it, you know. It's just like, okay, why is this book even there? Why is it important for us to know about what happened? And it only has 25 verses, and we're going to be looking at it from the beginning to the end. So, Philemon, chapter 1, from verse 1 to 25. I read, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia and Achippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, Hearing of thy love and faith which thou wast towards the Lord Jesus and towards all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love because thy bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoy thee, that which is convenient, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such and one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again thou therefore. Receive him, that he is my own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead 
he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be as it were of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps he therefore departed for a season, that thou shouldest receive him forever. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother, beloved specially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he had wronged thee or owed thee, ought put that on my account. I, Paul, have written it with my own hands. I will repay it. Albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me, even thy own self besides. Ye, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord. Refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. But withal, prepare me also a lodging. For I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. There salute thee, Ephraim, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And in my Bible it says, Written from Rome to Philemon by Onesimus, a servant. So today, we're going to be talking about a servant called Enesmus and a slave owner who was called Philemon. And back in the days, in the Roman time, um, owning a slave was not something that was new. It was a very common practice back then. And back then, actually, um, slaves were being marked on their forehead. So you would see like a scar. And that's why even our generation today, when you see people who put tattoos on their body, but especially when they put tattoos on their forehead, you look at them and wonder, what are you trying to say? Because back then, slaves had marks on their had until um, Emperor Constantin removed that law and said that that should not be. And slaves started to have collars on their neck. And there was inscriptions on those collars which said, if you found me, return to my master. And if you return to my master, you'll be rewarded with some money. That was what was inscribed. So what is a ve- it was a very big deal back then. A huge deal. And so much more for a slave who runs away from his master. Anyone who finds that slave has a right to take that slave and return him. And that slave will get punished severely. Whatever the reason might be, whether they needed freedom, whether they were maltreated by you know, their owners, whether they just wanted to, you know, run away and just be free, whatever reason it might be, you know, 
it was a huge deal. And sometimes um, some slaves get a form of safe havens whereby um, some some tabernacles back then would hide them. You know, it was not a common practice, Sha, but it happened. Some would just give them shelter for the meantime. But if those people were caught, they too would be punished as well because it wasn't done. And here we have a man called Philemon who had an encounter with Paul and was converted um, in Ephesus and gave his life to Christ and was preached to. And here we have a slave called Onesimus who was a slave to Philemon who ran away. Ran away, ran away to Rome, you know, and met Paul and also got converted. Very interesting how that worked out and was very helpful to Paul and in that ministry that Paul considered him a brother, even a friend, you know. He helped Paul, you know, in so many ways. But it's very interesting because every single time anyone, you know, gives their life to Christ, it doesn't mean that what you have done before, if there's consequences, you don't need to make amends, so to speak. You know, you see a lot of people who I was reading um, a story, a real-life story, whereby um, a soldier and his wife, they were they went on mission and they were preaching, you know, to other people to give their life to Christ. And in that encounter, the soldier died and the wife was left alone. Her children also, you know, died. And this same person that killed the man also got converted. And this wife... She never held it against him. Yes, it was painful, you know. And the guy that killed her husband also asked for forgiveness from her. That, I'm sorry, I didn't know better. And you meet scenarios like this on a daily basis. And what Paul was asking from Philemon was a great sacrifice. It truly was. Because for a slave to run and say that, okay, that same slave should come back. is something that's only through the love of God and the gospel that that could, that relationship could be mended. Only through that. And if you look at First Peter chapter 2 verse 13 it says something interesting about making sure that in all that we do we should submit ourselves to every ordinance so if you see first peter chapter 2 from verse 13 to 17 
I read, said, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servant of God. Honor all men, love thy brotherhood, fear God and honor the king. Amen. If I want to title this particular um, scripture, I would say it focuses on love and forgiveness because that's what the entire um, passage from verse 1 to verse 25 talks about because in every right under the law Philemon had the right to punish Onesimus. It was in his own right to do that. But not just because Paul pleaded but because something has transformed in Philemon's life as well. He was now a Christian. He had now given his life to Christ. And I see it more like a test also for Philemon. The test of his faith. To accept this slave who once stole from you and now is coming back. And I'm very sure um, if, if you've ever had people who had, you know, been a source of help or someone you were helping. I mean, everyone has had their experience in one shape or form. Even in body and house, someone that you give your milk to. I had that experience. And before I know it, they start to do you anyhow. And you, t- you are thinking in your mind, ah, but the time you didn't have provision, it was my provision that you were eating for a steady one month. And I didn't complain. And now you are doing me like this. That's just an example. But just imagine the, will I say, the weight of someone you cared for. And all of a sudden, that person steals from you and runs away. It will do something to you, right? It will. It will. And... Paul was saying that, okay, I'm pleading to you to accept this brother because he's he's not just, he's no longer a slave because he's now a brother in Christ, just as you are and now part of the family. He's also part of the family. That the person that you're receiving now is not the same person that ran away. That this person is changed and now he's a brother to you. Just as he was a help to me, he would also be a help to you as well. And you might be wondering, how does this apply in our daily lives? How does this matter to me? Because the first time I was reading this, the first question that came to my mind was, as they were canonizing all the books, why did they 
why did they feel the need to put this particular letter that Paul wrote to Philemon? Why was it needed? Why did we need to understand this story about a slave returning back to his master, about love and forgiveness, about brotherhood, about family, about, excuse me, about the body of Christ. Because what had transpired in Philemon's life and also in Onimimus was they were converted, they experienced a conversion and, and a regeneration as also. And this is not something that, you know, there's nothing like partial conversion. There's nothing like conversion only on the outward appearance. It's something that affects both the way you think, your response to God, your emotions towards God, your will. The intentional, will I say, turning away from sin and turning towards God. This is what has transpired in the life of Philemon and also in the life of Onimus. And there's a lot that we can learn from it. And the first thing I want to point out is that our home is a sanctuary. It might seem like a very funny thing to say. But the first part of this talked about how there was a church in the home of Philemon. And they worshipped and they gathered on a daily basis. We sing the song, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, pride and true. Our home should be used for God's glory. If you look at the Old Testament and if you look especially in the book of Genesis and you looked every encounter that Abraham had, every single time God spoke to him, he erected an altar. And that's how our homes should be. A place of reverence, a sanctuary whereby God can speak to us, whereby we can hear from God. That's why a lot of times, even in our time, um, a home is a very special place. Because, not just because, you know, you don't like people and you don't want them to come to your house. Or you have a bias towards crowd and everything. But it's, it's, and it's something that I feel is so beautiful that God created when, um, when you think about marriage and coming together and having a home whereby you can pray and God. There's nothing like family altar. Because many great men of God have been born from family altar. And it's just a beautiful thing that started in the house of Philemon. Another thing is intercession is a right passage as every believer. Interceding for people. Because in a way, this letter was more like an intercession. Was more like 
bridging the gap and saying, okay, this is your brother. Accept him as you would accept me. In a way, Paul was interceding on the behalf of Onimus. And in our walk with God, we shouldn't forget to intercede on behalf of people. It doesn't matter if you have a close relationship with them or not. There are days whereby I wake up and I intercede for people that probably do not know I exist. What I mean by that is that, yes, they might know my name. Yes, they might know how I look like. But we've not necessarily had an encounter, like a conversation. But I feel led to pray for them. And I won't say, Lord, I do not know this person. You see, this person that, you know, that I know, you know, that I know what his story is, that I know his history, that I know what he has been battling for. Okay, that's the one I want to pray. And all of a sudden, God flashes in your mind someone that you don't even know. At that point in time, you start to intercede and you start to pray. A life of a believer is a life of intercession. We can't escape it. The third point is our faith is a blessing to others. Our faith is a blessing to others. See, this Christian walk, it's not about you. It's about everyone around you. And People are watching, right? People are always watching. Always. Because they see you and in their mind, they are like, "Ah, I want to be like this person. They might not necessarily know what is making you have that certain level of courage. They might not be able to explain it in detail, but they know that there's something different about this person. And I want to be like that. I've had the opportunity to have weird conversations with people. And I say weird because people will just... And again, I believe it's, it's God's grace and God's mercy and what that every believer carries whereby some people will just walk up to you and they will just be so open to talk to you about every single thing it happens in evangelism right you're talking to people and they start to break down in your presence and you have no idea why and they start to be okay oh this is what i'm experiencing okay this is what i'm going through it's not necessarily um, how soft-spoken you are. It has nothing to do with that. It's not, okay, well, you guys, maybe on that day, you decide to wear a snout jersey. And the person, too, is wearing a snout jersey. And you guys are, ah, so you're not a snout fan. Ah, I'm it's, it's not. It's not that. It's not that. It's the fact that they recognize something is different. And they're like, ah, this person is genuine. There are some people you come across that they don't expect you to do some things. But they will not necessarily come to tell you that, ah, 
see that that place we are going to i don't expect you to join us even if they say it is compulsory as some rules are made in workplaces they'll say it is compulsory nothing is really compulsory to be honest it's, it's not they just it's just a tactic to make you come especially when you know that it's going to be an environment whereby you know a lot of things that you should not be doing as a Christian. So why should you be there? And some people, they don't expect you to come. Yet, they'll ask you. Okay? They'll ask you. But they don't expect you to come. And the day you decide, okay, I want to come, the day they start saying, mm. it's like, it's not what I thought. But they don't need to tell you. Because again, Everyone is watching. Whether they are watching through their physical eyes or they are watching through their spiritual eyes, they are watching. Another point is we are encouraged to love like Jesus. And like I said earlier, it's only the gospel and only the love of Christ that could make this possible in the life of Philemon. Because a love that is far much greater than the laws and the rules that were stated in that time, is only Christ that could have done it. Even if by every means Philemon was justified to punish Onimus. He didn't. And it's only the love of God that can merge that and be like, okay, this is now a brother in Christ. And once someone becomes a brother, the title of slave becomes meaningless. And that's what happened. On the law, that was taken away. He was no longer a slave. So we are encouraged to love like Jesus. We live in a world where people will say love is just love. Love is not just love. If love is not from God, it, it, it is not just love. Because love is not suited to fit your narrative. It is not suited to fit a truth that you claim. It is fitted to fit the truth and the only truth. So we're encouraged to love like Jesus. We're also encouraged to forgive like Jesus. Unforgiveness is a bitter pill that when you swallow, you can still feel the taste in your mouth after many days. I would say it is like, how many of us here like fufu? Okay. Just one person. Okay. Oh, two. You like, oh, okay, okay. Talk well. You like fufu. Uh -huh. So you know how fufu, you'll be smelling it even after two weeks. No matter, 
Okay, one one week, Seth, is too much. Two weeks, eh? Uh, mm-hmm, thank you. Even after, even after you brush, you chew gum, you do everything possible, you will still smell it. Even if it's not two weeks. Even if it's not two weeks. Even if it's one week. Even if it's five days. It is still too much. It is. But the point I'm trying to bring out is that that's how unforgiveness is. It's like a stench that won't go away. And it starts to corrupt every single thing or every aspect of your life. It starts to hinder you from praying or praying as you should. It starts to sort of put a divide in your relationship with God because when you have something that is inside of you, that unforgiveness, especially towards someone, bitter, envy, every single thing just starts to grow. And for some time, you won't forget why you were holding this person in your heart in the first place because it has grown to something that you're like, wait, though, how did this thing even start? And that's why it's very important. I mean, forgiveness is one of the prayers we pray every single time. In fact, it's one of the first prayers. Okay, Lord, sanctify me. Lord, forgive me. And also, if you have any hurt against any man or any woman, Ask the Lord to take it away from your heart because it will hinder your prayer. It will. It will. And there are situations whereby you have to forgive people. Not because you were at fault, but knowing fully well that if you don't say, okay, I have let this go and I've forgiven you. Not, you know, some people will say I have forgotten. But I have, you know, sorry, I've forgiven, but I have not forgotten. Um, your forgiveness is not complete. You have to forget because if you are still thinking about it, trust me, something else will pop up. And to be like, ha! And I said I've forgiven this person, but this thing, you now start to, you know, think about and before you know it the situation becomes so magnified in your mind that you're like ah but what this person did there uh, ah, nah I shouldn't have taken it learn to forgive and forget another thing is be a part of community of believers it is very important. Very, very important. And from the beginning, we saw that Philemon's um, home was, was essentially a church where people gathered. And being a community of believers, not just here, but also in different space where you find true believers and just being able to have conversations, just being able to strengthen each other. Many of times you go on the mission field or you go into evangelism and you meet someone that is already saved and all they need is encouragement, to be honest. I mean, 85% of the time, after you finished asking your questions and you guys have, you realize that this person, like all they need, some, some even tell you, 
I just need to be encouraged. They will literally tell you because they're like, they see you as their own brother and sister. And they tell you, okay, this is what I'm going through. How did you handle when you went through this? Like, what was your response? How did you deal with it? And they'll start to say, I have been praying, but my heart is heavy. Like, how do I, how do I take away this heaviness? And as a Christian, as a believer, it's your duty to encourage them. It is. Because one thing I've learned is a lot of people are going through a lot. In fact, not just the unbelievers that they might not even know the magnitude of what they have to battle. But the believers who are truly aware, people are going through a lot. My workplace, I, I say this a lot to the people that are there. It's a very interesting place. Let me use that word. But a lot of people are very depressed. And I see it. Very, very depressed. And, you know, in in Africa, and also parts of Asia, depression is something that they do not consider because they're like, Africans cannot be depressed. What do you mean? They will spank it out of you. That's what they will say. <laughs> uh, a black man cannot be depressed. What do you mean? What are you depressed about? Go and do your chores, uh, what's what's depression, you know? Or in Asian Asia, they don't consider that, you know? Because they're like I mean the world is not so bad, so why are you why are you why are you depressed? What's going on with you? You know? Come on, shift, you know? But Knowing fully well what we know that depression is not normal. It's not just a physical thing. It's 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 very spiritual. And sometimes you know, when you start to, you know, concentrate on a particular thought that you know that that thought is not from God. Before you know it, you start to get depressed. Being choked up in your room for very long time can make you depressed. It can. You know, me that I like to be in my pocket dimension. I like to be in my room, but sometimes it's like, mm, come out, walk around, you know. Things like this that we might ignore and be like, ah, you know, you know. But one thing leads to another. One thing acts as a catalyst and builds up. And that's why every single time, especially when um, mommy is teaching, there's one thing she emphasizes on. In all our message, and that's praising and thanking God, because it it does a lot, and you have to be intentional about it too. Not just ah, today I feel like singing. Tomorrow I do not feel like singing, because when you start to praise God and thank Him, all those burdens, in fact, they just go away, and you forget why. You had that thought in the first place. You forget why you had that thought in the first place. So yes, being in a community of believers is very important. For our Christian work, it's very important to us as a believer. We've heard here so many times that this year is going to be tough for a lot of people. 
but those who not just knew Christ, but have a relationship with him, will be able to swim across the tides. But you can't really say for your brothers and sisters, who, yes, they know Christ, but that relationship is not there. They would struggle. They would. A lot of people, they already started getting discouraged that more are still going to come because things will start happening. And the people that they've put their trust in or they've put on a pedestal, they will start to come down and they'll start to ask questions. Okay, so who can I turn to now? Like who, who? And at that point in time, you point them back to Jesus because their priorities at that point in time has been misplaced. But a lot of people are going to be going through a lot this year. And it's not just for us to be concerned about what God wants to do in our lives and what he has planned for us. But also, our fellow believers, to be concerned about their spiritual health as well. There's a hymn that says, um, God is calling us, calling you and for me. I don't really know how to sing it well. Oh, yes, come home. All who are weary, come home. A lot of people are weary. A lot of people are seeking help in the wrong places. There's another song that says, I'm no longer a slave of fear. I am a child of God. A lot of people are experiencing anxiety and they're scared. They are. Well, the Bible says that who the Son of Man set free is free indeed. And this is what this passage brings out. That truly, truly, Onimos was free indeed. He was no longer a slave of fear. Fear what Philemon was going to do. Fear what, okay, oh, if I come back. In fact, the journey back, self, someone can say, wait, aren't you that slave that ran away? And they could hijack him and, you know, that would be it. But I would say he came home safely, so to speak. And he was forgiven of all his wrongs and all his sins. And Philemon gained a brother. Gained a brother in Christ. And I believe that's the beauty in this passage. That's the beauty in this passage. You see, when we become Christians and when we give our life to Christ, the way God starts to walk in us is in ways that we might not necessarily expect or think. I mean, the things that we tend to focus on might not necessarily be the things that God starts to walk in us. It might be things that we might not even know or realize were there in the first place that God starts to tackle 
and how you treat others around you is a reflection of how you treat me, your maker. And how you relate with me. So even as we go through this journey called life, you should always remember that our faith is a blessing to others. Intercession is a rite of passage as every believer. And that we are encouraged to love like Jesus and also forgive. And always remember that this world is not our home. We are just passing through. But even as we are passing through, we should do right. And I pray the Lord will help us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. The Simple Gospel Church is a church arm of World Impact Ministries dedicated to taking the gospel all over the world.